welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future, one going back to 1985 minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. I cannot get over that, that that happened. <laughs> Joining us this week are uh, Tumblrers and uh, uh, Back to the Future super fans, AJ and Lauren. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello from hi. Boston. <laughs> Lauren, you're from, uh, Lauren's from Canada, by the way. <laughs> Oh, Canada. Just Vancouver. Okay. Our second non-American listener. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh, no, no, listener. Our second non-American guest host, I meant to say. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, right. So, okay. Uh, today we're going back to minute 101, because uh, we're in triple digits now. And uh, that begins with Marty concentrating as the speedometer hits 75 miles an hour and ends with the, dis- the DeLorean disappearing in a trail of fire. Um. Basically, everything happens in this minute. Yeah, I mean, this minute can be called How to Make Driving in a Straight Line, like the most exciting thing in like movie history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about it. Because, first of all, I, I do think that this, this, this uh, sequence is edited pretty impeccably from an emotional standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like, you feel yeah, every, every, every beat you feel and it doesn't matter how many times you watch this movie you do not think that it's going to happen and on um, <laughs> on that emotional front what's extremely fascinating about the sequence is right before it when marty starts driving you know he's a bit he appears to be a bit more collected and hopeful but as we cruise into this minute he's like he's starting to sweat visibly he's starting to panic <laughs> meanwhile doc who had been up until this point you know panicking and trying to pull himself back together he's getting more and more sure of what he's doing up on the bell tower so it's like their emotional curves crisscross and their states of mind sort of swap right right because marty's all frazzled because of the the delorean not starting and he's he's trying to make up for that lost time um and and so i imagine the nerves of that you know that stress level has been making him very very sweaty um and and he just gets sweatier as the week goes on um but yeah doc doc is very like he sees the delorean coming and he's just like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do now. It's in that moment, you know, his eyes light up when he sees the headlights and you can just kind of see him think, okay, for Marty, got to do this. Yeah, right. Totally. Um, Sweatier as the that. week goes on is actually my favorite <laughs> Huey Lewis in the news album. <laughs> um, so, so, so what, what I, so I did something that is probably one of the nerdiest things I've ever done for this show. I'll be the judge uh, of that, Scott. <laughs> But, <laughs> but uh, I, I as as impeccably edited as the sequence is from an emotional standpoint, I question the logistics of it. Mm. Okay. And so so I went and I actually calculated. I looked at that first shot when Doc sees the DeLorean in the distance, and I counted the streetlights. So it was five streetlights. So the DeLorean is five streetlights away. I went and looked and to find what the average distance between streetlights is. Turns out it's 300 feet. So you're looking at about like between the streetlight where you first see the DeLorean in the distance, the headlights, to the cable is you got five streetlights. So that's 1,500 feet. And then there's, a, there's like another probably because they're, they're on a streetlight. So I assume that's another 
300 feet, so about 1,800 feet. <clears throat> and 1,800 feet is 0.34 of a mile. Um, going 75 miles per hour, it would take 17 seconds to go 0.33 of a mile. So I don't, I, I'm trying to figure out like how, and that's just going 75 miles per hour. That's not taking into consideration the fact that he is, he is accelerating to 88 miles per hour in that period of time. Um, so it doesn't really check out. No. Not that it matters. Shit's because no, the emotion right. shot phenomenal. JFK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I told you it was the nerdiest thing I've I, ever I done. I could but see, was... like, the red yarn, like, on apps. <laughs> Back and to the left. I mean, honestly, um, this, the, the thing that this film does best is is make you suspend your disbelief. I, You know, there are so many things that don't check out when you stop to think about them a little too closely, but you so don't mm-hmm. care. You so right. don't care. I, I love that the movie is put together from an emotional place, mm. not from a mm-hmm. uh, uh, continuity place. Yeah, it kind of because that's the more important thing. That's what you want from a movie, and anyone who says differently is weird. I think <laughs> like weird priorities for a movie. Like uh, the science doesn't check out. Eh, who cares, Neil deGrasse Tyson? It's a movie. Well, hey, I, mean, I I can't. I'm obsessed with the like the visual of like Bethany walking into your apartment and just like it's covered in like <laughs> like <laughs> like still frames and like red. Yeah. It doesn't add up. Uh, uh, but B, yeah, I I remember like way back in minute like I want to say like three or four, but we were talking about like how there's two kind of time travel movies. There's like science fiction time travel and fantasy time travel. And Mm -hmm. this is kind of where the movie airs to, to fantasy time travel, even though it, you know, we, you know, there's all this stuff about like, you know, science and physics and whatnot. But in the end, I think this is kind of where back to the future belongs on the same bookshelf as like midnight in Paris. Yeah. It's in that, a nifty uh, window of space that's called, you know, speculative fiction now, I think. It's sort of anything okay, yeah, that's not, yeah. not hardline fantasy or not hardline sci-fi. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, you go to see a movie like Primer so that because the math will work, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so your brain will tingle. Or kind of like why you would, like, read a, a book about, like, you know, here's, like, biocentrism and whatnot. But then you you know you re- you read poetry or you go see Back to the Future, which are two very different things. But I no. love that you've compared reading poetry to viewing Back to the Future. My poet's heart just loves that. Thank yes, you for le- that. <laughs> Leaves of Grass, Back to the Future. The well, both both ends of the movie do rhyme, so there's yeah. that. That's great point. <laughs> um, yeah. So 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 Marty's driving down the street, and. I love that he's not driving in a straight line. Like he's kind of like swerving around because I imagine, I don't know if you've ever driven really fast in a space that you're not supposed to be driving that fast in. It make it becomes kind of hard to control your car because you're not used to things being that close to you. Oh God, you're such a badass today. When were you, <laughs> what you, when were you driving like at like high speeds and careening down a road? Oh, like like old country roads when I was a kid it, in in uh, rural Wait, Indiana. James Kirk and like the beginning of Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there wasn't anything to do. So. I grew up in rural Pennsylvania and never got to do that. So lucky you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I mean, I wasn't. To be fair, I wasn't driving because I never had a car that could go like 
that fast. Um, like 13-year-olds. And if it did, it would, like, shake until it fell apart. But uh, I had friends who had, like, Mustangs or whatever, and they would drive down the country roads at, like, 120 miles an hour just because they could. I just want to see, like, do, oh like, God. driving directly into, like, a cliff while, like, playing Sabotage and, like, screaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I like that he's kind of swerving around. That being said, when, when, when we saw – when you see him sort of drift to the middle of the road because he's not, like, staying in any lane – because obviously that's not important in this moment, but uh, it's not like the cop would be able to catch him. <laughs> um, but what I, what made what it made me notice was just like there really is no one out in Hill Valley right now. They're all like, at the dance. I mean, okay, yeah. I guess that that fifty bucks that Doc discreetly handed over to the cop was enough to like buy off the entire force for the evening. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't rationalize it any other way. <laughs> And it's just not even not even the police force, but just there's nobody. It's a ghost town. Well, maybe I mean I don't know. Like it's like it's a backlot or something. Was there like a curfew back then? <laughs> <laughs> What's was that? there like a curfew in the fifties? Like was there like a like you're not allowed to be out like after I don't midnight? Think so not yeah, in America. Like, yeah, I don't think so. Maybe just everything I, I, closes. And- Maybe it's like maybe it's like eleven. Wait, no, we know it's not eleven. That's very important to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know exactly what time it is. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's early. I mean, maybe not for nineteen. Maybe the dance just needed that many chaperones. They're really concerned about the youth of Hill Valley these days. <laughs> There's like two adults to every teenager. <laughs> More. With like a ruler. <laughs> oh, I remember that. So when Doc makes the decision. That he's gonna have to leap down there. He's gonna have to—I don't know what that what you call that—but he's like sliding down the cable. Isn't it called re- uh, rappelling or something like that? There's a sport yeah. that resembles that. Okay. Yeah, something I'll like that. Be the that. dictionary. <laughs> um, he he. So he's rappelling down the cable, but like as he's setting it up, he gets the idea, and then I have never seen someone this much in a hurry take their time <laughs> that much on anything, like. He he puts the little loop around the the minute hand and it's the slowest process. I'm like, Doc, what are you doing? Just put the thing on the thing it's, and go. It's beautifully choreographed. I like to imagine that that's kind of slowed down for our benefit in a kind of magic realism sort of way. I would like to think that happened much faster in, in the actuality of the film. I would certainly mm-hmm. like to think that. Well, there, there's just so much. There's so many emotions in this scene because, like, as we as we talked about a lot last week. There's there's a certain amount of melancholy to to Marty going mm. back to his time. Yeah, you like, you do need to see their faces clearly. I mean, it's it's extremely hard for them to part like this. Maybe maybe for like a second, Doc's like, wait, what if I just didn't do it? Oh. And he could just stay with me forever. Break my heart, why don't he's, you? He's far too honorable to do that. That's what he doesn't. But he's just for a second. He's like, what if? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, uh, so okay, so there's a moment just as Marty reaches the cable where he says, Doc. And I think that it's easy to believe that, he, that he's saying Doc as in, Doc, what are you doing? You gotta, you gotta plug the cable in. Like, but I've always I don't read think... it as him being concerned because he kind of yeah. Yeah. He glances yeah. out the window and I think he sees that Doc's having a hard time over there and he's worried. Like, no, see, I don't yeah. even think I don't even think it's that. I don't think that he's seeing Doc and seeing him struggle. I don't think he knows that he's struggling. He's driving way too fast to be able to see what Doc is doing. 
I think he just sees Doc and is just like, oh, this might oh, be it. God. Because it's it's that last moment right before he goes and he says Doc and it's almost like he just, I wish I could tell you. It's, yeah. Ugh. It calls back <laughs> to that. It calls back to that what loaded line, or a little, just a little bit earlier, where where Doc says, you know, everything's gonna be fine. I'll see you in the future. And Marty's kind of like, yeah, I hope so. You know, it's just yeah. it's so poignant. Yeah, Man. it's really great. Um, the lightning striking effect is really phenomenal. Mm. Yeah, I I love the way that it looks. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, as as you know, this movie has some effects that don't super hold up like Marty's crazy green screen hands. That's probably the only one I can think of really off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. The rest of it holds up surprisingly well. Yeah. There are moments where certain things look a little like plated. Um, I'm excited for- to see how the flying DeLorean looks because I actually haven't seen that in a long time. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I'm 34 years old and I've probably watched it t- between two and ten times a year since I was nine years old. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I'm still... I don't know. They don't. They, the effects don't really bother me. Even the slightly cheesy ones don't bother me. Mm-hmm. It, it's sort of like how like Star Wars holds up, or yeah. like yeah. It, it, the movie itself already has a sort of timelessness to it that you can forgive it not looking like state of the art anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the benefits of making a time travel movie is like it is allowed to be a a, a thing of its time. Mm-hmm. Heyo. <laughs> right. Um. So, uh, yeah, so Doc gets thrown back from being electrocuted by the lightning. Um, and I think, I mean, I mean, he's not really being electrocuted, but, like, the electricity kind of just tosses him back. <laughs> I assume just the, the sheer force of it. Um, and, then, uh, and then the DeLorean disappears. Has there ever been, like, a bad family guy joke or something where, like, the DeLorean just, like, drives through the movie theater? Hmm. I mean, it, it I mean, it. It's in the movie. It's in the movie. No, right? but like, no, like it crashes into it, like physically. Yeah, that's in the movie. Like we're gonna get there in the next minute. Oh, yeah, because the trail of fire. If you look at the trail of fire, it leads directly into the movie theater, which is my favorite setup of a joke. I I think in the whole movie, like it's like because it's just like oh look at the trail of fire is cool, but it's leading directly into the movie theater. You have and to so, wonder if they there was a problem with a fire on the premises or something that night, you know, or if. <laughs> <laughs> I, I worry about these things. I probably shouldn't, but Cuts. well, I mean, I think it's fair to worry because they've had a lot of fire problems on this backlog. The, the fire chief comes over and talks. Like, I think our old friend Ben Franklin can solve this problem for us. <laughs> Let it. Burn. Um. Yeah. So, uh, so the DeLorean's gone, and uh, Marty's gone, and it's uh, yeah, everything happens in that in that. Just one minute. It's crazy. Like the only thing that it could add is if they if it if they like edited in like a montage of like like Lorraine and George like making out or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just really you, just you, to you add and the end of going to prison. Like, this is kind of like yeah. This is kind of this could be the one day more sequence in the Back to the Future musical. If Lorraine <laughs> talked him into that after the dance, you know, you have to you have to wonder if they end up parked somewhere. It's, Kind of cute. Kind of cute to think about. Good on Lorraine for just immediately going back to parking. Mm -hmm. I would kind of like be not into it after like that experience. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's Um, a good point, though. Two very bad things happened. Like one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah. 
that's uh, that's all I got for this minute. Um, you guys have anything else? I think that's everything I had for this minute. Lauren? Um, no, I just, I don't know. I love, the music is so nice during these moments. It's oh, so yeah, great. yeah, the score comes back in a big, bad way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this was actually, um, I saw the movie with the with the live orchestra when that was touring. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah, it was really it was really awesome. And this was the this was the moment that I like recorded on my phone because it was just it was it was nuts. I'm trying um, to get my own orchestra here to do it. I think they're working on it. Oh, like the, the Vancouver Orchestra. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, the Vancouver Symphony. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's really cool. Um, and the the uh, additional music was really awesome too. If I wanted to see it at this stage, I think I figured out that I would like have to fly out to Portland, Oregon or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in the super yeah. minor cities now. Um, they've already done the big ones, but uh, I think they started on on the west coast. I think they have they not really done Boston yet. They, they Boston was never slated. Um, New York City, I think, got a few shows, um, but I was um, kind of indisposed for part of the winter, and I missed them. Um, so that's when I started looking at the spring, and I realized it was like Portland or nothing, and I don't think I'm going to make it there. It's a shame. Yeah. Uh, Portland or right. nothing is my favorite uh, Shins <laughs> album. <laughs> All right. Portland or nothing. <laughs> it's so aggressive uh, for them. We've got, we've got a whole album library. That's <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's it for Minute 101. In the meantime, uh, we'll be back tomorrow with 102, but in the meantime, you can go to our website, Back to the Future Minute, and leave comments there, or you can email the show contact at backtothefutureminute.com. We have some credits that we're going to have to find things to talk about, so email us, and we'll do, uh, we'll do one, of those, uh, one of those credits episodes. We'll do as like a mailbag episode, um, maybe even two if we get enough. What if I just so, uh, email the show every, every name? <laughs> I really don't want to do okay. that. <laughs> um, uh, email us, contact at backtothefutureminute.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at BTTF Minute. You can find us on Facebook and like us there. Uh, also, su- subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review while you're there because uh, that really helps us out, helps people find the show. And then uh, make sure that you check out our other podcast, The Doctor's Companion, our Doctor Who podcast that is uh, should be back or just about to be back. Um, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be talking about every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. Uh, and that's with our lovely co-host, Cassandra, uh, previous guest uh, on this show. I think she was our third guest, I believe. The George, the George Martin of, uh, of Dueling Genre. Yeah. Um, and then of course our original audio drama geek by night, which Nick and I write and executive produce with a, uh, lovely crew cast and crew. And it's, it's great. More like and cast first... and crew. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and, uh, then in, in, yeah, so go check that out. That's at geekbynight.net. And of course, go check out the other podcasts in the minute family, star Wars minute and Goodfellas minute. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye guys. Bye.